I am sure that it's beautiful at the lake today, but aren't you glad you're here? If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to the sixth chapter of Galatians. Galatians 6, text will also be up on the screen for us, but I invite you to read along with me. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the Word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those to, who belong to the family of believers. Let us not become weary in doing good. We're tired. Physically, emotionally, even spiritually, we're tired. Maybe even exhausted. The pandemic has taken its toll, not just in deaths, though there have been too many and too many grieve, but in the disruptions of our daily lives the education of our children, the healthcare system, the economy, the housing market, all have been and continue to be, and quite honestly, probably always will be impacted by that nasty little virus. Responding to the virus has somehow pitted neighbor against neighbor. It's divided families, it's dominated the news. We're tired of talking about it and exhausted from fighting over it. Some of you heard me say, I'm not sick, I'm just tired of it. For over two years now, I've read everything that I could read about COVID and about COVID's impact on the church. And, and I could read stories and pastors and lay people writing about the experiences of their church. And I could, I could just say, thank you, Lord. That's not us. Thank you, God. That's not me. And then by this spring, I thought, uh oh. Maybe that is part of the, our story. 
maybe that has become a part of our church's story. It's been a long road. For, for this particular congregation, it was three years ago this summer that we started our journey towards inclusion and the turmoil that followed. And as we were getting our feet on the ground in January of 2020, what happened in March of 2020? COVID came and I looked up to the heavens and said, God, whose side are you on? We're trying to do good here. But we're tired. We are weary in the church, trying to regain our own footing, trying to redirect our energies, trying to figure out how to do and be church in a new day and time. And the uncertainty is debilitating. I think that was maybe one of the biggest challenges uh, in the, the biggest part of, of the COVID crisis was the uncertainty, not knowing from week to week or maybe from day to day sometimes, are we going to be worshiping in church? Are we going to be doing this from home? Are, we go are our kids going to be in school? Or are they going to be home on the internet or somewhere in between? You know, is my job going to call me back to work? Or am I going to work from home? Is my job going to be there? That kind of uncertainty takes its toll on all of us. Ever been to a water park where they had the lily pads? You know, the water wasn't very deep, but they had lily pads about the size of the piano and the kids could walk on them and move from lily pad to lily pad, except they weren't steady. They were sort of springy. And if you stepped on it, it would move and you had to step quickly onto the next one before it bucked you off into the water. Kids loved that kind of uncertainty and instability. I can't stand it. <laughs> And yet, day after day, it felt like nothing was stable. The decisions that we thought we had made yesterday, we wake up this morning and the rules have changed. And we as a church are trying to figure out how to retool. And it's hard. We're trying to figure out how to work on a new financial model. How do we do church? How do we accomplish ministry? Facing the financial realities that we do. And yet we remain optimistic. One, that, that we followed God's leadership in doing the things that we've done. And two, believing that God will be faithful to see us through. People around us are hurting. It'll be another 10 years before somebody's PhD dissertation in education will fully help us understand the impact of the last two years on the education of our children. We're, we're hurting because the job situation is still challenging. The housing situation is nuts. The, the hot housing market for single-family homes is crazy. And now because the home purchase market 
is so high, the rental market is raising accordingly. Everywhere you go, you see help wanted now hiring signs. But folks, if two people have $15 an hour jobs, they're not going to be able to afford a two-bedroom apartment in Kennesaw. That wears you down. Every week, we get at least one call from our benevolence ministry from somebody in a housing crisis <coughs> living in an extended say, which is nobody's first choice for permanent housing. Living in their car, looking for help, somewhere to stay for two or three nights. Nobody wants to live like that. People are hurting. Their relationships are hurting. And Paul tells us not to be weary in doing good. Oh, and in case you haven't noticed, our nation's messed up. Over this weekend, we, we are celebrating the birth of our nation. And we live in perilous times. We are not at war with another nation, but it seems that we are at war with ourselves. Our United States have not been this divided since the Civil War. Years ago, back when Priscilla and I were going to Southern Baptist Convention meetings, we went with some friends to the meeting in Indianapolis. Um, okay, I will confess to you that I skipped out on one of the afternoon sessions and just went for a walk. People, there is only so much preaching that any of us can listen to, even if you're a preacher. So as I'm walking around downtown Indianapolis, I come up on this big traffic circle. And in the middle of it, there's this big obelisk statue. And I thought, hmm, let's go see what this is about. So, you know, I almost lose my life three, maybe four times trying to, to get over to the center. And I see that it is a memorial to those fallen in the War of the Rebellion. thought to myself, War of the Rebellion? That's not what we called it in Florida growing up. That's not what we call it in Georgia. War of the Rebellion. Really, people? But that time of division, that time of, of division, is being echoed today. Families being divided. Communities being divided. Brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors, now enemies. Where are the statesmen? Where are the men and women who could draw us together? Where are the leaders who can call us to common good? and help us envision a fruitful future. Where are those leaders? I'm looking at you. The 
people who can make that kind of difference are right here. People of God. Body of Christ. Oh, we may not be on CNN and we may not sponsor legislation. But we can be good neighbors. And we can take care of the sick and we can feed the hungry. And we can build bridges. It's important. It is important that we do this work in the church. Because if we can learn how to do it in the church, maybe we can do it in our families. And maybe we can do it in our communities. People, if we can't have hard conversations here, God help out there. If you and I, as brothers and sisters in Christ, can't discuss our disagreements and still love and respect one another, how are we going to do it out there? And folks, let me remind you that out there is watching in here. And, and let me say this. I, yeah, I don't know what you were expecting when you came into this space this morning, but you will notice there aren't any crosses draped in the American flag. I am proud to be an American but I come to this time to worship the living God. Now tomorrow, I may go to the park and I may sing patriotic songs and I will salute my earthly allegiance to the flag of these United States. But as God's people come to worship the living God, then Christ, Lord of all, is our highest allegiance. And it is, it is so easy to get that backwards, people. It really is. And if we can't have those conversations here, where, how are we going to have them at work? How are we going to have them with our neighbors over the fence? You know, in, in the prayer attributed to St. Francis, it says where there is hatred, imagery, uh, injury, boy, if I could only read. Hatred, injury, doubt, despair, darkness, sadness. Sound familiar? I realize that when we say that prayer, it gets broken up by what we, the positives that we could do. But here again, do you know somewhere? Where there's hatred and injury and doubt and despair and darkness and sadness? May we seek God's help to share love and pardon and faith and hope and light and joy.
maybe, maybe you and I are called to be the answer to that prayer. Have you ever thought about that? That sometimes when we ask God to do something, that if we say amen real quick, then, then we might miss Him asking us to be responsible for what we're asking Him to do? How do we do this? Here's a couple of possibilities. Choose our words carefully. It is okay not to respond to every stupid comment you hear. Okay? It's okay not to respond. And when we do respond, let's be intentional about choosing words that heal not words that hurt. All of us know the nuclear bomb words that we can use. Whether it's in a relationship with our spouse or partner, whether it's in a relationship with a coworker or a friend, we know the bomb word that we can drop. End of discussion. But is that relationship worth being right? We can choose our words carefully. We can choose healing words instead of words that hurt. And we can practice humility. Paul talks about here not comparing ourselves to others. Well, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to compare myself to somebody else, I'm going to find somebody that I know I'm better than. And all of us have a tendency to do that. Compare ourselves to someone that will make us, what? Feel better about ourselves. Well, guess what? You probably aren't as good as people think you are. It is a temptation for a pastor to at the end of the service believe all the nice things people say about him or her at the door on their way out. That's why God gave me Priscilla. Not that she's mean, but that she's honest. And by the way, when, when we go to preacher's meetings, um, there uh, there is, she takes great delight in finding preachers with overblown egos and just taking a needle and popping it. Um, you know, you find one of those guys that has more titles listed on his business card than his name. Um, you know, there, there's too much hairspray. It's just not a good situation. <laughs> we can practice humility. Because we're probably not as smart as we think we are, and our enemy is probably not as bad as you think he is. And by the way, none of us have a lock on understanding the wisdom and ways of God. 
None of us have that lock. We can choose healing words. We can practice humility. We can listen and learn. Listen, even if we don't agree, we can still listen. And who knows? We might learn something. Listening to someone that I disagree with oftentimes will cause me to go back and re-examine why I believe position X or Y and, and strengthen my own belief. Because they've challenged me to think. But if we listen, we might learn. I'll, I'll never forget Brad Losner talking about being deployed in, I believe it was Afghanistan, and working in a, in a Muslim village. And he went with pretty much typical American biases towards Muslims. And he said that in the time that he was working in that village, he realized that the men of that village loved their families and wanted the best for their families and really weren't much different from him. We can listen and we learn. And maybe, just maybe, if we listen and learn, we might come to like them. And maybe even love them. There's an interesting thing that the Guardian newspaper in London is doing where every week they select two people from polar opposite ethnicities or political persuasions or economic status or educational backgrounds, two people who had nothing to do with each other, and they put them together for a meal. They call it dining over the divide. And lo and behold, what they have found out is that when you break bread with somebody and actually listen to them, in spite of your differences, you might become friends. And as followers of Christ, we might realize that we can fulfill the call of God to love them as Christ loves them. We choose our words carefully as we hang on. We can practice humility as we hang tough. We can listen and learn as we hold out, and we can hold on to hope. Do you remember Psalm 30 that Jeremy read for our call to worship? That weeping may last for the evening, but joy comes in the morning. Jesus offers the great invitation to us to come to me, all you who are weary, worn out, and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Of all the things I don't get in the world, one of the things I really don't get is a pessimistic Christian. Yes, there, there ought to be a rule against using pessimist as an adjective for Christian. 
Folks, if you're a follower of Christ, skip to the last chapter and read the last page of the book. You'll like the ending. And there's no reason for us to be pessimistic about people. Sure, they can be difficult. Sure, they can be hard. Sure, sometimes they can make us miserable and they can be hard to love. But God loves them every bit as much as He loves you and me. Can't we at least like them? These are hard times. It's hard to follow Jesus. It's hard to do church. It's hard to function in a divided nation. But let's hang tough. Let's hold on. Let's listen, love, and build support and not grow weary. Father God, how we love you and thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that you are a God who is patient. and forgiving. That You are a God who calls us to be light, to be salt in the world in which we live. And You know how hard it is. But God, help us not to give up. Keep us from despair. Forgive our short memories. Help us to shine the light of Christ in a sometimes dark and gloomy world. Help us to be salt, to preserve the season. Help us to live faithfully as your children in your world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Band's going to lead us in just a moment, and, and we sing this song at the end of the service to provide for each of us opportunity to reflect on how and where we've heard God speak. Um, quite honestly, it's not always my goal, in fact, seldom my goal, for you necessarily to feel good about the sermon when you leave. Sometimes I want it to be a little burr under your saddle, something that'll cause you to chew on it a little bit and think about it some, maybe even do something about it. You know where you've heard God this morning, this week. Maybe in your quiet time, maybe through a song, maybe just you've been encouraged by seeing an encouraging face this morning. But as you've considered how God has shown 
God's self to you. Let this song be a time for you to commit yourself to, to however you think God is calling you. For somebody, it may be taking that first step of faith in following Jesus, as Chad Kurotis did last week. For others of us, it may mean knowing that we are believers, but that, that God is leading us to this community of believers to help us in our journey towards being faithful as God's church. And for others of us, uh, God's place to face somebody on your heart and you're really not happy about it. Let this be your time to ask God to help you. Help you do what He's calling you to do in regards to that relationship. Use this time as God has spoken to you to offer back to God your yes. Let's stand together, please.